0: Greetings Amigops and Top Teners everywhere. This is Mike from Top Ten with Kyle and Mike. I am joined this week, as I am every week, by our Patagonian, our bearded, our hotel staying, coil bed, shaking with his farts, co-host Kyle. Kyle is looking lovely as usual this evening, and he has a topic... We're going to talk about that topic. I don't know what the hell this topic is. We are going to debate it vigorously over the course of an episode that is hopefully a manageable length, certainly not going to be a manageable data size. And by the end of that episode, we will have a definitive top 10. K Dog, what are we talking about this evening?
1: Yes, Mike. As you said, I am in a hotel. I had shared with you right before we started that. I farted and I was actually, I'm sitting on the bed, and I was actually able to feel the coils reverberate beneath me, which was a, a unique feeling. as was the first time for me, I enjoyed it quite a bit.
0: I think I remember seeing that on a Sealy advertisement, um, that that's a, the oh, mark yeah? of a good high quality bed. You know how they show like a little kid jumping on a bed with a glass of water and the water doesn't spill? Yes. I, I could have sworn that you know how they they it's do like, the same concept. yeah they do the good bed and the bad bed i think the bad bed they yeah. show a, a cgi sort of graphic of a man farting with like instead of instead of hearing it you see the little noise waves and then you see the bed shake and then and then they show the high quality bed where something like that would never happen that's my i think that's my recollection well that's the kind of bed yeah I'm tough
1: so, so that's where i'm yep. at <clears throat> As far as this podcast yes, goes, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> so the other night, uh, the wife and I we went over to our dear friends uh, Dylan and Tatum. Mm-hmm. Dylan has been on the pod before. Tatum has not been. And uh, we were eating dinner, and they were telling us about, uh, or Tatum was telling us about rather their new neighbors, Cat. or maybe it was their, or maybe it was their old neighbor. Na- I think it was her old neighbor. And how annoying she was. And she always wanted her to pet the stupid rabbit. And Tim didn't want to pet the rabbit. And there was like this older couple that had like a dog they couldn't control. And just like all this stuff. And I was thinking, wow, those are bad neighbors. And then I thought, well, what if I did a podcast about the top 10 best neighbors? So we're doing a podcast that is the top 10 best neighbors neighbors and what's interesting is that nine and i think it's just because this character like this type of character just makes sense in this format Mm -hmm. nine out of our ten in fact the top nine on my list are from tv i was gonna
0: say the the classic sitcom neighbor is big
1: yeah so
0: that's what we'll be doing today we're gonna be talking about neighbor this is a joyous thing i want to just go back a second here (laughs) and talk about tatum really quickly so Dylan and Tatum stayed at my place... I actually have no recollection now of when that was. I, I don't know. Let's just say a couple months back. I think it was a couple months back. And the listeners of the pod know that I have two cats. Tatum doesn't like cats. I think she might even be allergic to cats. So here's what I did. I kept them out of the room where she was staying because I considered that a courteous thing to do. I wouldn't sure. pick up one of those cats and throw it at her and then... Push some peer pressure on her to touch said cats. I find that to be a very strange form of peer pressure, to try to make somebody touch your rabbit. Like that's just that is an intensely odd thing to me, and I can't really understand what anybody would get out of that exchange, other than I suppose the rabbit gets pet. I don't know. Like <laughs> yeah, the rabbit's happy. Yeah. But, I mean,
1: like I think that people just they don't like this rabbit owner. I think probably thought that herd rabbit was like a, like people will stop on the street to pet a dog, right? Yeah. But no one's going to stop you on the street to pet your rabbit. They're not the same, but I feel like mm. some people that own rabbits kind of have this thing. It's a little bit of
0: an inferiority complex probably because they wish they had a dog.
1: I guess. I think they just, like they're like well people like petting dogs people like petting rabbits but
0: it's just not the same i would also before we get back to the i have one more detour for us i want to correct the record quickly so that Allegis, wife of the pod doesn't uh doesn't get angry also dylan there was a guy on miami beach when we were at the ncaa (laughs) national championship in 2013 who was actually walking (laughs) a rabbit on a leash and people were stopping him to pet that rabbit. I also think he may have, against uh. all the laws of gods and men, uh, been giving this rabbit booze. So there was there was a lot going on. So this rabbit was definitely he was he people like were stopping to bet this thing.
1: Yeah, but everyone there was drunk off their ass.
0: So it's a little That's, different. That is true. Um, at any rate, so I want to talk briefly about the ground rules here because I'm thinking of some some classic television neighbors. My sense of this list is that it might be somewhat akin to the dinner party list, which is that you're kind of looking for a certain mix, that it's not necessarily all the nicest neighbors or the most courteous neighbors. It's more like if you were building a neighborhood, you got to get just the right mix of neighbors.
1: Yeah, so like... You don't, like, just being, like, a really good neighbor isn't necessarily going to put you high on this list. You have to have, like, because, like, sometimes the best neighbors are kind of annoying. And, like, and like sometimes, like, the best neighbors can get you into some situations you wouldn't have put yourself in otherwise. Or, like, you'll see what I mean when we get further along. I'll
0: just say, for example, I'd love to have a neighbor who is always presenting, like, interesting business ideas to me um you know getting me involved in his personal life in ways that are strange introducing me to his his wide array of interesting friends like that would be a neighbor i'd love to have even if at times that neighbor was a bit of a
1: mooch or sometimes got you into situations that you didn't want to be in occasionally now i i'm just saying a neighbor like that might find himself or herself herself on this list or maybe even high on it yeah so okay uh, qualities like that wouldn't necessarily necessarily preclude someone
0: from a list like gotcha interesting because i think it's all about you know different strokes we gotta have different strokes i i agree and not the television show different strokes (laughs) no it's a great program though
1: (laughs) no undoubtedly yeah so We'll get right into it. This is the only neighbor that is not um, a product of a television show. Mm-hmm. Although, she is from a serialized uh, novel series or a series of novels. Okay. Number 10 is Arabella Fig, also known as Miss Fig.
0: The moment you said uh, novels, I was like, this has got to be Miss Fig.
1: It is Miss Fig. <laughs> For those of you who are not Harry Potter fans, yeah. Miss Fig is the batty old cat-loving, boring, dry, just the worst neighbor that lives across the street from the Dursleys and watches Harry often when the Dursleys are out and mm-hmm. about. Or so we think. Or so we think. It is revealed, spoilers, <laughs> it is revealed in Harry Potter 5, Order of the Phoenix, mm-hmm. that Misfig is, in fact, a squib. Yep. A.K.A., Someone who has magical parents, but does not have a magical bone in their body. Her big claim to fame is that she helped Harry and Dudley escape some dementoids. Yes. And <laughs> and beats the living poop out of Mundungus Fletcher with her handbag.
0: <laughs> you gotta watch out for that handbag. Uh, one other thing I want to note about Miss um, Fig that I think is very important is that she's always wearing her carpet slippers. Which I think might be a British term, but it's just it's important that people are picturing the right thing. Those are those sort of fluffy slippers that look like one of the toilet seat covers that your like weird uncle had in 1995. So that's Mm -hmm. that's very important. I also just want to go back to one other thing. I'm sure we've I want to say we've talked about it on this, but for any listeners who don't know, the term squib is just one of my favorites in those books because a squib refers to a bullet or a firework that doesn't actually go off <laughs> properly. And it's just such a perfect term in a in a very rowling esque world for a magical person who doesn't really have any control over their magic or really, you know doesn't have a lot of magical ability. It's just so perfect. I love that term. Didn't want to let it pass. It's a great it's a great term. It's another example of a Grammy joke just killing it. Damn her. right. But she's but Miss Fig, just to talk to her about her for a second, she's intensely loyal. Like you said, she's batty. she's funky, she's funny in the context of the story, but like within the story itself, she's always there for Harry. Like she really goes to bat for him in a way that, you know, you might not you might not understand at first. Over time it reveals itself, but she steps up. The only bummer is that she didn't feel like, she could tell Harry that
1: she was actually on his side for a long time, which meant that he had to just kind of suffer through looking at pictures of her
0: cats. All of them. Although, although that's great commitment to the cause. She didn't get weak yeah. and reveal herself to him. I think that was very dumbledore uh to keep her identity secret. Just like Ned
1: Stark promised Liana, so too did Miss Fig promise to Dumbledore. Promise me. Promise
0: me, Dumbly. <laughs> Promise me, Arabella. <laughs> Promise me, you'll Arabella Fig. You'll set in motion this storyline that really never pays off at all.
1: I, I just realized that the song "Arabella" by the Arctic Monkeys is
0: probably about Miss Fig. Most likely. Most li- Also, I I want to. <laughs> we're getting a little off topic, but this is fine. Um, speaking of Arabella, one of my friends uh, recently retweeted <laughs> something about. Um, It was like number of times I've imagined having sex to the Arctic Monkeys, like, you know, a thousand number of times I've actually had sex to the Arctic Monkeys zero. (laughs) And I just really enjoyed that because it made me think of you and I harmonizing to Arabella and like singing that to each other.
1: and caroline being right next to us being like
0: eh. this is weird i feel like i'm intruding on a romantic moment yeah. <laughs> prolonged eye contact like too much eye contact oh far too much yeah all right number nine <laughs> for for more on the arctic monkeys yeah. The episode yeah whatever <laughs> <laughs> insert number later yeah all right
1: that was number 10 yeah Number nine is one of my favorite neighbors. I just don't know how many people know about this particular neighbor. This is Wilson from Home Improvement. Ugh.
0: This is just one Did of... You, watch, you watched Home Improvement. Oh, hells yes. Wilson is a yeah. classic secondary character and one of the first people I think of when I think of a sitcom neighbor. So, if you, if you haven't watched Home Improvement, it's, it's a Tim Allen
1: vehicle. <laughs> he lives in the metro Detroit area. He has three rambunctious including jonathan taylor thomas that's right he has a sassy wife Mm -hmm. he has a big bearded buddy who does tool time with tim taylor with classic
0: al borland big al borland Mm -hmm. and
1: perhaps most importantly he has a fantastic neighbor by the name of Wilson.
0: Now, Kyle, tell us about Wilson and tell us if there is a, a joke that they make on the show that they sustain essentially the entire time and possibly the entire time. They they do it the whole time. So, there's a
1: fence between <laughs> Tim's backyard and Wilson's backyard. Wait, pause.
0: Wait, wait and, can I pause you real quick? I do, it's really important that you're picturing, if you haven't seen Home Improvement, we are not talking about an actual outdoor scene shot. <laughs> this is this is a <laughs> studio set and it is so obviously a studio set. It's incredible how obvious it is. It's so great. It's so great. Even in the context of 90s sitcoms, they had to know how ridiculous this looked. Continue. So- so they've got one of those, like, wooden fences with no spaces in between. <laughs> it's the probably are all, like, right three feet other. wide because <laughs> they
1: got yeah. all in the shot. They only needed the one spot. Yeah. But a- any time that Tim has something, like, uh, really, he needs to think about this yeah. or kind of ponder it, he'll step into his backyard and guaranteed mm. Wilson is there chopping wood or, like, building so- or doing something. You can't see what he's doing because the fence is in the way. But he'll always come up to the fence and you'll just see like his nose up. you never see his mouth mm-hmm. it's just his nose and his eyes and his like floppy hat that he wears yeah he big into the fisherman's hat he like he loves the fisherman's hat and he'll just kind of like shoot the shit with Tim and like give him whatever sage advice he like Wilson is like very much a father figure to to Tim and he's just and he he always says uh they ho a good neighbor like that's that's his line
0: oh he's so great and i and i think it's worth noting that the commitment to this joke extends to certain even funnier scenarios where he's not behind the fence and somehow he manages to still have something in front of his face so like there's a yeah, every once in a while maybe once a season he's out from the fence but something else covers his face and it's it's really wonderful it's a stellar
1: stellar bit yeah it's uh and if we were ranking my personal favorite neighbors wilson would be top three yeah because i really like i really like home improvement and i really like wilson and i kind of hope that someday if i ever own a home i have a neighbor like him
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you, my friend, because Wilson's kind of got it all. He's there, but he's not intrusive because he doesn't really cross that fence very often. And he he offers so much quality advice. I would be surprised if he ever offers Tim bad advice on the television program. It's always good, and it's always just what Tim needs.
1: For that reason, he's a great neighbor. Word. That brings us to number eight. Mm Mm-hmm number eight is one of your all-time favorites <laughs> okay i think you probably it's so number eight is from a show called even stevens Uh oh. number eight is a young man named beans
0: are you referring to a young man named bernard aaron garen <laughs> yeah <laughs> i knew you would know his actual name <laughs> is just one of the all-time great characters in television history he is the perfect comedic foil to one of the funniest people this planet has ever produced like Shia LaBeouf is a constant disappointment to me. I, there's probably not a star on this planet who I'm more bummed about than Shia LaBeouf. I, he's doing those weird movies where he's having unsimulated sex scenes. He's doing, he's got all these weird tattoos now, which is fine. Have as many tattoos as you want, but be, lo, be like, you have to be Louis Stevens because you were born to be Louis Stevens. And he, brings along beans on all of these scams he's running and if i'm not mistaken beans calls him mr stevens right like he <laughs> you're right he like looks up to him as as a a role model which is just very misguided on the part of beans but i haven't described beans at all do you want to you want to give the the listeners like some background on beans because right now all they know is the name I would like you to do it just because, you, yeah, you, first of all, I think, you know,
1: beans better than I do, but you also love him far more than I, I do I
0: do love Beans. so. So the setup on the show is Lewis Stevens is like, I don't know, 15 or 16 years old. He's he's in middle school, high school. He's just doing his thing. He's a total goofball. He's always up to no good. He's always up to some scam. And. He every once in a while, into his home with no warning, wanders Bernard Aaron Guerin, who's their like seven-year-old neighbor, and he just tries to follow Lewis around and get involved in whatever he's up to. Like one time they dig for buried treasure under the house, and he gets involved in this, and he's wearing a headlamp and crawling under the house. He is. I would say without question. And I can say this comfortably now because he's now an adult. The, the most unfortunate looking child I've ever seen. It's too bad. It's tough. He looked like he was 40 when he was 10. And he looks like he's 10 now that he's 40. Which is a tough inversion. It's really not worked very well for him at either phase. He's rather short and sort of plumpish. And he has a kind of a lisp. He's just... He's really something to look at and to listen to and man they really lean into it on the show. Yeah, they know what they have yeah. and it, it really works on the show. It, it should be Damn said. right. He's probably not a particularly high quality neighbor to get like a cup of sugar from, but in the yeah. context of even Stevens, I am Lewis Stevens and I'm looking for a unquestioning sidekick to help me with my shenanigans. Beans is number 1 on my draft board.
1: Yeah, so, so sometimes a neighbor needs to fill the role of advice giver and sugar giver, but sometimes a neighbor is just there to kind of do stuff with yeah. you. You know, like, especially for a kid. Like, as a kid, you don't want a neighbor that's going to give you good, well, you might a little further on. Yeah. But <laughs> sometimes you just need, uh, sometimes you just need a, a, a PIC. Word. Partner in crime. Oh, yeah. For those of you who have not seen role models, and shame on you if you have not.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to think if there are any neighbors in that movie, because I want to talk about role models. We'll just do a role models podcast one. We'll do a movie review, top 10
1: on role top models. Top 10
0: things that look like boobies. <laughs> think I didn't notice those mountains over there? Those double cannons over there?
1: <laughs> uh, <sighs> well, so that brought us through number eight, yeah. which means that it's time for a very special segment. We call the Not Top 3.
0: How will we know the Not Top 3 has started?
1: Well, usually Kevin plays the Not Top 3 theme music, Mm -hmm. and in order for him to do
0: that, someone needs to shout, play that Not Top 3 music. Now, does that count as you're saying it, do you think, or do you have to say it again? Uh, I think just the one time should do it. Okay, all right, we'll count it. Thanks, Kev. You're the best. Thanks, Kev. Yeah.
1: So, the not top three. The first is from a film aptly titled Neighbors. Mhm. Did you see Neighbors, Mike? I did see Neighbors. It's actually a very good movie.
0: <laughs> it is quite a good <laughs> it's movie. It's really
1: funny. So, in it, Seth Rogen and his wife, they are looking to buy a house, and or they purchase it or something and then they realize that they've moved in right next to a frat house yeah it's a tough break and so their neighbors their neighbors are a bunch of of frat stars one of which is teddy sanders portrayed by the very lovely zach epron yep and he's he's a real pain in the ass Mm -hmm. he does a lot of annoying stuff uh so i thought that put him I, pretty squarely in the not top three totally. even though he has a very redemptive
0: arc I agree I will just I want to point out that the uh, um why the hell can I think of his name right now um holy shit I'm having a brain fart here to Dave Franco the Dave Franco character is just so utterly charming and likable it's too bad that he's associated with that douche nozzles at Efron. <laughs> he is <laughs> that's
1: a good point he's like a super responsible super nice guy that i feel like i would get along with really well he
0: would have been a good friend good friend good neighbor
1: yeah yeah oh good point in fact maybe he's an honorable mention now for our actual list word next in our not top three we have the bumpuses from uh, a christmas story so the bumpuses (laughs) are the neighbors that have like a thousand dogs and, uh, when they're cooking their Thanksgiving turkey, the Bumpus dogs come over and it's like a very humorous scene where the dad is like reading the newspaper and a dog will walk by mm-hmm. and he puts it down and the dog is gone. And then there's like 19 dogs in their house and they eat the turkey. And, uh, the, t- the dad goes, Bumpus! <laughs> and he's always, he's always yelling out the back door at the Bumpuses to shut the dogs up. <laughs>
0: That pack of dogs is just completely absurd and really wonderful. And it speaks to a real truth. There's nothing
1: worse than a neighbor that can't keep their dog from barking. Yeah. It's it's the worst. Yeah,
0: it's a very it's disruptive.
1: Ugh, that's one of the 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 worst neighbor sins you can commit. And the 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 diamond of our not top three neighbors is <laughs> from a show called Fairly Odd Parents. Of course, I'm referencing Dinkelberg. <laughs> if you didn't watch fairly odd parents that's a shame but Dinkelberg is the guy that lives next door to the turners and he has a long-standing rivalry with timmy's dad <laughs> he seems to outdo him at every turn
0: yeah that's tough you never want to have the neighbor who makes you look so much worse by comparison and am i remembering correctly or does, does timmy's mom have a crush on Dinkelberg? I don't remember. That might be part of for it. For some reason, I feel like that's an element of their rivalry.
1: It very well could be. I just know that anytime, anything... Like, it's probably once every two, like, 11-minute episodes where Timmy's dad goes, Dinkelberg. <laughs> it's like... It's also the perfect name for, like, a neighbor you don't like. Yeah,
0: I mean, it does have Dink in it. Yes, that's <laughs> true. I've actually got a couple not tops that I might want to throw out there that I am feeling pretty confident or not in your tops. May I? I hope not. Yeah, go for it. Do you have any of The Simpsons coming up? Uh, Yes, I have one character from The Simpsons. All right, so I'm going to leave that off. I want to note Andy, when he lives in the pit, is... (laughs) a pretty terrible neighbor to ann on parks and rec he's in love with her he's always fighting with the rats or the possums who aren't very good at sharing he's he's always singing and listening to his own music he then files a lawsuit after he gets a bunch of dirt dumped on him so Andy was a bad neighbor when he was living in the pit Terrible. The banjo playing couple from the movie The Promotion that we were just watching with Jerry. These people keep, yes. are constantly having sex on the other side of very thin walls <laughs> while playing the banjo. Was just, that's, that's tough. That's really tough. But I think probably the worst neighbors I can possibly think of are the British brother and sister from bridesmaids <laughs> with the disgusting tattoo that gets all infected and they take <laughs> baths together and she she pours all those peas on her bad tattoo and they're always asking for money oh god I can't imagine a worse neighbor than them
1: they are terrible neighbors you're right they suck
0: not great. good picks
1: good picks you are your own not top three there yeah all right. Number seven is a, a a trio of neighbors. I don't know mm. how exactly their, their homes are oriented around our primary character's home, but okay. I'm talking about the town of Quahog, where uh, Cleveland, Joe, and
0: Quagmire are all neighbors to Mr. Peter Griffin. Three of my favorites. I'm trying to think. That's an interesting point because this show is it's very much styled F of like the old fashioned multi-camera studio shows, even though obviously it's animated and they can do whatever they want. And one of the funniest things about those shows, which I'm now kind of looking back at and sensing as a little bit of a theme here is there's really no sense <laughs> of how anything relates to other things. Like getting from point A to point B in those shows is never explained.
1: Even though like, you know, you feel like you know your way around Quahog because you know all the different places in it. Yes, I like the Drunken Clam or whatever. But I, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that Joe is Peter's like immediate next door neighbor on the that same feels side of the right street to me. Yeah, and
0: I think. And Cleveland lives across the street. Ooh, I'm now thinking that Joe might live across the street too because I'm having a very vivid recollection of one of Peter's many crashes into Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Quick to the end, Peter! Peter, Peter Carter. Where do you get these things! <laughs> when he has all of his various things that crash into Joe. Oh, oh my god! Oh god! Oh god! Oh god! When he has the helicopter spinning. I like out that. Of control, yeah. <laughs> chewing up his lawn. It's the copter that has Peter's face on the helicopter for some reason. Yes. Yeah. So, it's like, I don't know. I feel like he might be across the street, but. We definitely know Cleveland is across the street.
1: Yes, because we've seen Cleveland's baths being interrupted by Peter
0: Shenanigans many a time. Uh, it's always Peter Shenanigans, and it's always the bath. <laughs> like
1: he, he's riding the giraffe, and it. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta stop taking my bath during Peter Shenanigans
0: good cleveland yeah i so i I, but but it it remains regardless of how they're oriented and of course quagmire who i don't i feel like he's farther down on their side of the street um we're probably totally wrong on all of this yeah all there all that matters is they are quite a neighborhood
1: yeah and i think it's also important to note that they function like largely as just peter's friends and they happen to live. yeah i think it's funny because like for a kid it makes sense that your friends are the people that live near you but when you're an adult you're not really limited to just people whose house you can walk to which Mm -hmm. which is why i think it's so funny that peter's three best friends are guys that live across the street from
0: him it (laughs) feels very indicative of peter like just generally
1: like he just walked into their house one day without invitation and they became
0: friends yeah, he was just there to get some Pawtucket Pat.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So they're very important parts of that show, and, and they're good neighbors and friends. Yeah,
0: they're great neighbors within the context of the show and outside the context of the show for us, because they're hilarious. Correct. So number six is...
1: <laughs> he's a great neighbor, and also kind of the worst. Number six is Mr. Feeny
0: from Boy Meets World. You know who's still alive? Feeney? Yeah, the actor who portrays Mr. Feeney, if I'm not mistaken, is still alive. I How feel like he came he? up Hold up, I'm gonna Google this. Keep talking. I'm gonna quietly type. If you didn't watch Boys Boy Meets World, first of all, go ahead
1: and and get back to that well. But so our our protagonist, Corey, right? Mm-hmm. It's Corey and Topanga. Corey, Corey Matthews, Corey lives yep. Lives with his family in a home. His next door neighbor, Mr. Feeney, is also his high school principal or math teacher or what is... It? He's a teacher, yeah. So he lives next door to his teacher, which like obviously like leads to a bunch of like problematic interactions where... The ah, dog I see, ate my like,
0: homework situation is tough to pull off when he, the neighbor knows you don't have a dog.
1: That's funny, Corey, because I don't seem <laughs> to recall your family having a pet dog. And Feeney's, like, very prim and proper, you know, like, you'd expect a teacher to be. But Mm -hmm. it also, like, like, there's kind of, like, teacher Feeney and then neighbor Feeney. And, like, oftentimes neighbor Feeney will be, will, like, give Corey, like, really sound advice. And then, like, sometimes will even, like, kind of, like, play devil's advocate when he turns back into teacher Feeney at school. And totally he's an extremely competent mentor. But it's just like a—it's a very strange like dynamic between a kid and his neighbor and teacher that I don't know has ever been replicated elsewhere. So, and I remember like always thinking like I couldn't decide if I would want a neighbor like Mister Finney or
0: not. <laughs> it's a good question. And I think it's an it's. I think it's indicative of where the characters are in the context of the show. Like they're at an age where this would be both a dream and a nightmare. But I think it's interesting what you say about you don't know if this has ever been recreated because, in fact, it is recreated in crazier fashion on this same show because there's an English teacher, I think it is, the guy with the long hair who adopts Sean. Oh my God, you're totally right. Yes. So, this is actually only the second, like, craziest, most improbable teacher student relationship on this show. But I want to just say a few things oh, about Mr. About Feeney. You. One is Mr. Feeney has got an impeccably trimmed mustache. Like Barty Crouch Sr. would senior. be jealous. He Barty Crouch Jr.
1: would not care.
0: No, Barty Crouch Jr. would not care. His blood is not pure enough. No. He rocks the sweater vest game like nobody's business. He rocks that under a tweed blazer. It's just it's too much. But the most important thing about Mr. Feeney, he fucks. As the show establishes very clearly later in the show, he's like, he's like a classic Latin lover. He's got this older lady he wines and dines and dances with, and he gets it on. So I think those are some some great things about the Feenster. Um, but one thing, like as a as a show matter that I think is cool is they never really jump the shark with Feeney, other than obviously you know the kind of central premise. They keep it within reason. He doesn't change too much as a character, but he also doesn't get too exaggerated. I think they do a really nice job. He's just always a guy who's kind of trying to do his best for his students and is really wise and gives good advice, like you said. He's super steady, and that's like one of the yeah. most important qualities a neighbor can
1: have, really.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: So, that was Mr. Feeney. I just love, I love what Corey says Feeney. Yeah. All right. Number five is uh, a very famous neighbor. <laughs> she plays the role. And she's interesting. She occupies a couple of roles on this show. Number five, of course, is Kimmy Gibbler of Full House fame.
0: I had a moment there where I was really worried you were going to do a Friends thing. And I was like, no. this can't be. There's no way we're about to do Friends. This is a non-Friends podcast. Friends, no character from Friends appears on this list. Even if we did a podcast, best shows set in New York, where every episode they go to a coffee shop, it would be Seinfeld 1 to 10 before we put friends in at one of those slots.
1: You really hate friends. I'm kind of ambivalent towards it. Um, Which means this
0: podcast, on average, really hates friends. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. So (laughs) Kimmy Gibbler, though. (laughs) Kimmy? Wait, I want to finish. No, I'm back on Friends before you go to Kimmy Gibbler. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm Kimmy realizing, Gibbler. I'm realizing that very soon I'm going to be the fifty percent owner of the complete Friends DVD set, and I'm really alarmed by this. How do you know that? Like, are you are you like? I stand to, I stand to take on ownership of Caroline's things, at least fifty percent ownership, and she is the very proud owner of a complete set. of of Friends DVDs. I was so confused.
1: I thought you meant like you
0: were anticipating. Like
1: becoming the owner of it. Like it was in neither of your possessions. And for some reason you knew. That oh it was God coming. no. That, that would makes, never happen. That makes way more sense that you. She already
0: owns it. And now you're about to. To inherit half of her properties. Yeah not into that. I hope. I hope that Caroline gets charged a gift tax. I hope that this is a taxable exchange. <laughs> is caroline a friends person oh god yes
1: wow i didn't know that yeah. about her it doesn't I know it's really upsetting isn't it no not, not really at all a lot of my favorite people are, are friends people like dylan and tatum love it caroline loves it apparently <sighs> yeah my but i i hate, really I hate caroline dylan and tatum okay well wow. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm afraid to watch i probably just can't ever watch friends because i'd probably don't because if you accidentally like it we're gonna have a problem i just like jennifer aniston so much that i have a hard time not liking a show she was on
0: you know what you should do instead of watching her on that show just google still images of her of her erect nipples because that's her entire role in that show i do that already but i'm saying i know they throw ice cubes at her before they send her out braless in a 90s tight-fitting t-shirt that's all that's all she does on the show
1: yeah i mean if you have something
0: (laughs) (laughs) they realized what they had it's like it's like a certain neighbor who i'm betting is gonna come up later once a show realizes it has something it really just it rolls with it Uh, yes you will (laughs) you will find that is true all right so the gibbler
1: (laughs) the gibbler so the gibbler functions as like dj's best friend so you've got the best Mm -hmm. friend neighbor but she's also a pest like she's kind of like dennis the menace like bob Saget really i think it's like kind of all three of them like bob Saget Mm -hmm. and dave Goulier and john stamos all are really irritated by her john stamos and she's also a pest to
0: little stephanie like they don't really get on either actually like with hilarious consequences that's one of my favorite relationships on the show yeah it's wonderful and
1: by the way this is like very much excluding fuller house i've not i will not watch that
0: so to quote our friends in binge mode not canon
1: not canon so whatever happens in that show i i don't care in the original show kimmy it's kind of funny because she doesn't really have like a really strong redemptive arc like she turns she's like an annoying kid that turns into like a problematic friend and yes like she mostly just functions as a way to like get dj to make hard choices and like like basically she's the wrong path that like dj has to kind of get off of
0: (laughs) it is a very interesting point because they sort of set her up for this really dark path because they heavily implied that her family life is very messed up like in ways that are not that funny and then they sort of forget about this for a while dj gets other friends like Uh, No, Stephanie is the one who has the friend Tia. But at any rate, she has like other people who are tempting her to do bad things. And they sort of don't make Kimmy into that character fully. But then later, later on, they make it clear that things are really not going well. Like when she elopes with Dwayne, (sighs) whatever, whatever. (laughs) I think if I remember incorrectly, I actually think there's a really heartfelt interaction between her and DJ where she tells DJ like, I don't have a future. I'm doing this because I know I'm not going to go anywhere like you are. I've read, I'm remembering that correctly, I think. Yeah, and I remember it being a big, a kind of interesting, sad realization for this character who's always been played for laughs. But who the show does imply at times is <laughs> kind of the counterpoint to this really sheltered, very upper middle class life that you know DJ's living.
1: Yeah. I mean, she's a good avatar for like (laughs) like every audience member's like childhood friend that was like probably not a great influence that it's not that's not entirely fair because like kimmy is also a good friend a lot of the time but just like Mm -hmm. the friend that your parents didn't want you to hang out with and then
0: but in this case she happened to live next door so it's like well what are you gonna do yeah it's like jim's friend who he's too he's too dumb to hang out with on The Office. Remember he remember he tells the friend that he's too dumb to hang out with because his mom told him he, he should try to hang out with Kimmy. Oh, yeah, group. yeah, yeah. And then he sees... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He sees him. It's great. <laughs> um, <laughs> a very important thing about Kimmy that we haven't even mentioned yet is, if I'm remembering correctly, at one point she has an ostrich, which is portrayed by a puppet, which is very clearly a puppet, and which sort of does a Wilson thing where it just pops its head over the fence i'm remembering all that correctly i believe i think you're right what's interesting is that you actually never see like kimmy's
1: house you don't even see it from the perspective of the tanner household yeah she just oh she just like has that famous like she just comes in the door and they're like oh my Mm -hmm. god kimmy you
0: know yeah kimmy definitely did have an ostrich i'm seeing now and i think what's what's interesting is like with the actual physical home we never enter it we really don't get almost any insight into her family life either like we know that the family likes wrestling that comes up a lot but what's actually going on in the gibbler household is pretty unclear yeah
1: i think like occasionally you'll hear like her mom yelling from like across the way or something Mm. oh yep there's the ostrich i see that now yeah also Mm -hmm. wow look at this hair
0: (laughs) yeah it's really something isn't it
1: very 90s oh yeah the episode where she pierces uh stephanie's ears man that
0: was a good show it's a terrific show it's weird contemporary reviews of full house were not positive it definitely (sighs) aged obviously
1: well enough that they decided they needed to reboot it but Mm -hmm. all right that's a nice trip down memory lane that is thank you kimmy that brings us to number 4. This is I don't know how I'm like penalizing myself for like sometimes only picking one person and sometimes picking more than one. Number 4 is uh two neighbors that live on op- op- either side of our our protagonist house or in this case a pineapple. Number 4 are Patrick Star and Squidward tennis balls. Or sorry, tent poles. Uh, sorry, <coughs>
0: tentacles. <laughs> now i i don't think you can separate them real like real i they you can separate them as characters but you can't separate them as neighbors because i think yeah most every neighborly interaction that occurs is either spongebob and patrick to squidward or the three of them
1: yeah and squidward is like the ultimate portrayal of like the neighbor that just is annoyed like the way like squidward is more annoyed by spongebob and patrick than danny tanner is of kimmy Gibbler, right like, by a factor
0: of 10
1: like the reef blower and all that, you know the the box the uh <laughs> the imagination the box, box. The, the box
0: is one of the greatest episodes of television ever and his opening up the box and seeing spongebob and patrick go beep beep ooh ah I love. is one that. of the great reveals in television history when they're uh
1: it sounds like they're rock climbing and Squidward like knocks on the box and there's an avalanche and he yes. opens it up he goes how are you doing that and Spongebob's just sitting there and he goes
0: first we establish a base camp at 13,000 feet <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. And then he gets in the box and the garbage truck takes him away and he thinks he's working. I hope Squid's not too down in the dumps today. <laughs>
1: oh. If you're enjoying uh this trip down uh to quoting Spongebob episodes, uh stay tuned. Good friend of the pod Ian is working on a SpongeBob centric episode. Just a little and teaser for it. Figures for
0: you. to be a classic. Undoubtedly. But yeah.
1: to the matter I so Squidward is i think one of the greatest like tv character creations of all time like Mm -hmm. (laughs) you could probably do a top 10 of just like times that spongebob and patrick annoyed squidward as neighbors
0: which i'm willing to bet that would be a robust top 10
1: yeah so like they get a ton of points for just being the perfect kind of annoying neighbor combo Mm -hmm. but even if even if you just isolate this the you know the relationship between spongebob and patrick you've got the classic best friend neighbor they live like you don't you can't see spongebob's house without seeing either of theirs and i really think that like the visual of seeing a rock and a (laughs) pineapple and the like the totem head next to each other like that is (laughs) the greatest lineup of houses in, in
0: history I, I think like yes they all work individually but they all just work so much better together. I think they all heighten each other so much. Each of those characters makes the other one better and as a as a threesome, they just it doesn't get funnier because Patrick makes SpongeBob so much more annoying and Squidward makes SpongeBob so much more annoying and certainly makes Patrick more annoying. Like they and and to make sure we pass out the blame fairly spongebob and patrick make squidward much more annoying right yeah like squid is pretty much
1: insufferable when he's around spongebob and patrick because he's so stuffy
0: Mm -hmm.
1: like the episode where he moves to uh tentacle acres remember that one you know it's
0: funny i actually do remember that one a little bit it might be because i remember i don't i don't I don't think I was aware of OJ yet, but I do remember the concept of gated communities coming up and this show like reinforcing the idea of the gated community because I didn't I never really understood that concept because I'm from Massachusetts. That's like a gated community doesn't exist. Our communities were not planned. They just happened. And I remember thinking it was so amusing that Squidward was such a dickweed that he wanted to live in a gated community.
1: Well, that is the idea, but yeah, it makes his ultimate turn into a reef blowing doofus even even more satisfying. Yeah, so that's uh, that's Patrick and Squidward. Now, yeah, now oh, I'll do some honorable mentions. Yeah, let little rip. Uh, an honorable mention: one of our favorite characters now, um, Gary from Game Night. <laughs> yeah, he was. Really something. If you haven't seen Game Night, check that out. Yep. Uh, I threw Spider-Man on here just because he's a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. I thought it's true, a he's, a great,
0: he's a great neighbor. Yeah,
1: I thought he, he warranted consideration uh, at least as a technicality.
0: Mm-hmm. He's probably number one on the includes technicalities list. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I have here
1: The Kids Next Door. They're literally called The Kids Next Door. It's true. Um Next door
0: next door to whom we don't really know. I don't think so. They all live next door to each other, we think. Mm, true. That's
1: a that's a fun one. I have here a Mr. Myrtle of Sandlot fame. Okay, oh. uh James Earl Jones. Yep. Kaza baby. Yep. He fills the role of like the scary neighbor really well. Yeah. Or the misunderstood
0: neighbor. Yes. Which is a which is a classic 80s, 90s trope is the misunderstood neighbor, and he's he's a really good example of that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: lastly, I <laughs> I would be I would be shunned by my brother if I did not mention Ricky from Trailer Park Boys. Do you ever watch Trailer Park Boys? I'm aware of its existence, but no, it's not rocket appliances, Mike. Uh, <laughs> Ricky is Julian's absolute doofus. He's also his best friend, like trailer park neighbor, and he's such an idiot. But he's really endearing, and I like him a lot. But he he his my favorite habit of his is he just uh like doesn't he he like bungles phrase phraseology just a little bit like he's it's not rocket appliances julian or he'll say uh you know ricky or uh what what goes around is all around (laughs) it's like stupid shit like that so i and i think technically their trailer parks do or their trailers don't abut so he's not a next door neighbor but they live in the Mm -hmm. same
0: uh establishment or the same uh neighborhood so i think we'll call them neighbors that's fair I got one that I'm a hundred percent confident is not going to be in your top three, uh, Mr. Robitussin from Princess Diaries. Oh, he's, he's the guy who's uh, writing his soap operas, and he's like the super snooty author who's always out in his bathrobe doing the, you know, taking out the trash or whatever. That's so a good big line. fan. I'm a big fan of Mr. Robitussin. I get another one which I think is not going to come up. Um, the King of the Hill gang. Yeah. They're great neighbors. They're, like, really great neighbors. They're exactly what they all need. They, like, they're just there for each other. They really don't ask a lot of each other, but they're buddies, and they're there for each other, and I like it. I also like to think that any
1: one of them would lend any other of them their lawnmower. Without, with, uh, no questions asked.
0: They absolutely would. No questions asked.
1: Though I don't think that any of them would ever have cause to borrow a lawnmower.
0: No. So- they certainly, they certainly... What I know for sure is they wouldn't go to the roller rink. They wouldn't do anything about dancing. No, they would not go to the plaza. <laughs> you, you know the thing about the plaza, Kyle. <laughs> you could make money dancing there. <laughs> you could, but it's a place of debauchery, <gasps> <sighs> and sin. <see it. laughs>
1: That's an oldie but a goodie. It is an oldie but a goodie. All right, number three. Number three so i think you were thinking this guy might end up closer to our not top three i had ned flanders at number three and totally doodly their neighbor and the reason is because he fills a very important um kind of niche for neighbor in that he's like the annoying like like uh like ideal picture of suburbanism like Mm -hmm. the finely manicured lawn the the
0: self-righteousness the The perfect children rod and todd
1: yeah but he's also like despite how awful homer is to him and how much he hates him like he's nothing but kind to the simpsons nothing (laughs) he's like the kindest person on that entire show and I just like when I think of when I like this concept came to mind. Like he was one of the first ones I thought of. I just yeah. think that he's like of of all the neighbors, he's probably the most like of definitely one of the most famous.
0: Yeah, I when I think of Ned Flanders, I think of a couple things. One, obviously, I think of the surface level. You know, he's very religious, and he has Rod and Todd and his poor deceased wife, Maud. But <laughs> I think about I think about the fact that he takes his shirt off like deep into the show's run and it turns out he is unbelievably yoked (laughs) and it's just this hilarious sight gag of this guy who's always in the sweater and the button down with the mustache and he's like the dorky neighbor but it turns out he's completely ripped my other favorite thing is there's an episode where i he i think he's questioning god I think he, his faith has been shaken for some reason. Oh, no. And he addresses a letter to God, uh, and he writes it to Jesus H. Christ. <laughs> is that where it's that comes of, from? No, no, that's the thing. Is it's that old, <laughs> like, people said Jesus H. Christ, but he, when he wrote it out, he's, like, writing it out. It's like, Jesus H. Christ. <laughs> and it's so good. <laughs>
1: uh, he's amazing. I. The Simpsons is one of those things I wish I was like an uber fan of. Like, I wish Mm -hmm. I was the kind of person that knew everything there was to know about The Simpsons. Mm -hmm. I think probably the closest person to that in our
0: lives is Alex. Yeah, Alex is definitely the closest to that, I know. There was a time when I could have fallen close to that category, but I've fallen off so much. I'd like to have Alex on here
1: to do a top ten minor characters from The Simpsons. I feel like that'd be a good podcast, and also you'd have hundreds of characters to choose from. That you've seen that T-shirt, right? Yeah, I you would just poke around the T-shirt. So my dad's good friend uh Mark, he's uh one of my well, he was like one of my favorite people ever to see when I was a kid because he's just like a a nerd that grew up he teaches calculus mm-hmm. at high school and we would go over to his house and he always had like weird toys and just like cool things and in his bathroom he had on and they he and his wife are just like uber simpsons fans and in his bathroom like on the wall directly across from the toilet is a poster of like every single Simpsons character, and I would find excuses to go into the bathroom. I like I had to poop like six times every time we went over there just so I could look at the poster when I was. That's a kid. such a
0: great like bathroom distraction.
1: It's a perfect thing to have in a bathroom. The only problem is it's like too good. So yeah. you end up like spending twenty five minutes in the bathroom and your dad is like, You ever you okay in there, Kyle? And I'm like, I'm fine. <laughs> just masturbating. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so um yeah so that's ned flanders i think even though he's kind of a a bit of a prig he's a yeah. famous enough neighbor that
0: uh he belongs high on the list he's also just an excellent neighbor he is yeah. objectively yeah, yeah, yeah. an excellent neighbor he's one of those he's one of those like beauties in the eye of the beholder situations if you don't like ned there's a pro- it's the problem is you not ned right yeah like uh,
1: it's clear that there's a, something wrong with homer <laughs> yes so that brings us to number two. I, you've been alluding to this for a long time. Why don't you, why don't you tell us about number two and why he's such an interesting neighbor?
0: <laughs> well, I'm now totally perplexed as to who's number one, um, because I assumed the whole time this was number one. But I'm presuming number two is Cosmo Kramer. It is Cosmo Kramer. Cosmo Kramer is based off of a real guy named Kenny Kramer, who... Who lived next door, I think to Larry David, it might have been Seinfeld, but I think it was Larry David's neighbor. Maybe you've done research, but I think it was, I think it was LD's real life neighbor who just borrowed his stuff and just kind of never left once he gave him something. And that's Kramer. Like he's also, his name is different. The first episode, I'm forgetting what it is now. Oh, what what the hell is it? I forget now. But it's not Kramer. So he the first like the pilot episode, he's not called Kramer, and they change his name. And he's oh, Kessler. Just, Kessler, that's what it was. Yeah, Kessler was the name of the first episode. He's just he's a mooch. He dresses like, as Elaine would say, a hipster doofus. He has all of these business ideas like Kramerica, where he's going to make these bladders uh, to put around uh, the oil. I don't even know what you'd call it, like the oil hold of a big uh, oil ship, uh, like an oil tanker. He is always sleeping with ladies who are well above his station. He is, as Calvin Klein says to him directly, he's totally without self-consciousness at all. He just walks around the way he is. He becomes the Marlboro Man. He's just, in all of those ways, he's Kramer, but he's also just... An incredibly ridiculous neighbor. He's always making a crazy entrance into Jerry's house. With the door. With the door. He just starts eating stuff from, you know, out of Jerry's fridge. Are you going to eat this, Jerry? (laughs) He's always connecting Jerry with other neighbors who Jerry doesn't know or want to know, like Newman. Um, The guy whose name I'm forgetting right now who has the parrot who they end up killing accidentally... He also he also <laughs> puts up everybody's name from the building so that they can all say hello to each other because he thinks it would be a nice thing for them to do. And Jerry ends up getting on a kiss hello routine with this woman and it ruins his life. And he's he's just... Kramer is very, very neighborly. He also tries to be an old-fashioned neighbor one time where he's sitting outside in a folding chair playing with sparklers and pretending that there's a night little breeze and tinkling a chime as these completely unseen children are throwing, like, water balloons at him. He's just... He's he's the epitome of a ridiculous... Beloved, but ridiculous neighbor. See, okay,
1: so there's the key word, I think, because, like... There is the the stereotypical like really annoying neighbor, but he ultimately like is a very important part of Jerry's life, I think, and so that's why it's it's important. Like, he's like that friend that like if he like because if he didn't live right next to Jerry, they probably wouldn't be friends, right? Like it's definitely a proximity thing, but since he's lived next to him all this time, they've become dear friends, and I think that's important. Like this forced proximity. <laughs> like, you kind of get the sense that with some other people on this list, like, like Patrick and, Squ- or, and Spongebob would have been, like, buddies anyways, but Jerry and
0: Kramer would not have, probably. No, but then, like you said, they forge a friendship that's outside of that neighbor, you know, relationship. I just want to say, it's important because this is a real phenomenon. I mean, you yes. and I experienced this one of our best friends alex was kramer to us he was this ridiculous neighbor who we liked but couldn't figure out and then just over time we're like holy shit we really like this guy but for a while he's just this mysterious person who lived on the same floor as us popped in and out of our room at his own discretion without asking our permission and just was there and did weird stuff and then left how is it that I've never made that
1: connection? Oh, yeah. He's our Kramer. It's so obvious. Yeah. Wow. Yep. I'm glad he doesn't really listen to
0: this. Um. <laughs> no, but the, no, but the point is, <laughs> to make the full connection, Jerry and Kramer realize they have a real friendship that continues yes. on beyond this weird initial phase, but that is how they become friends. Yes. I no longer live anywhere near Alex, but I still consider him
1: one of my dearest friends. So. Yes. Yes. <laughs> You're All welcome, right. Alex. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that brings us to number one. Yeah, number one is Mr. Rogers.
0: Oh, great. Yes. Foolishness had, on my part. It, is. it always. is. Won't you be my his... neighbor? Exactly. Exactly. So,
1: which is, it's, it's not entirely clear, like, who his actual neighbors are, because <laughs> the point is Other that everybody puppets. is his neighbor. I, I mean, it was like last year. I remember specifically, it was ahead of... uh, I think it was ahead of when I saw Annihilation in theaters. And they played the Mm -hmm. trailer for the Mr. Rogers documentary. Yeah. I never saw the Mr. Rogers documentary. The trailer for the documentary made me cry. (laughs) It was... Oh my god. It was an unbelievably well-crafted trailer. But I think part of what made it so emotional for me was because it just, like like, immediately transported me back to when I was a kid watching Mr. Rogers, and, like, that being a really big part of my childhood. He's, like, the, like, more so than anyone else on this list, I think, just, like, the the idealized version of, like, a kindly, well-meaning role model neighbor. Like, he's, I I don't know, I, I don't think I could really entertain arguments for a different number one on the list no
0: there is no argument because the fact that that documentary is called won't you be my neighbor kind of tells you that it's mr rogers like you actually don't really need much beyond that the word neighbor is what cues you to it being a mr rogers doc and it's interesting it's a dark thought because it's it comes from a negative place but it's pretty mind-blowing that fred rogers was in the national spotlight for as long as he was. And the character Mr. Rogers has been as well known as he has for so long and nothing ever came out. Like I, he didn't get like a shoving match with somebody one time over a road rage incident. There was nothing, you know, big or crazy. He didn't actually hate German people. Like there was no weird thing that came out about him, which is hard because people are gunning for a character like this, because this is a character who's, you know, stock in trade is, I'm good. I'm great. I'm the nicest guy around. So, people naturally are inclined to try to take that down. And nobody had anything to say about Fred Rogers other than really great things.
1: Yeah, I remember like the worst thing I'd ever heard about him. And I don't think this is actually true, but like the rumor was getting spread around that the reason he always wore a sweater was because he had like sleeve tattoos on his arms from his time in the war. And I remember as a kid being like, oh my God, like. Mr.
0: Rogers has tattoos and like yeah that like kind of shook me. Even that's just a hilarious relic of like a different time, right? So like,
1: uh, you're that's actually a really good point. Like the, the the good standing that Fred Rogers had, kind of keeping in, you know, up with the the personification of like Mr. Rogers, the character, is a big part of it. Yeah, it's
0: I mean. It, just to take a different example, like if we were ever to do a best TV dads, there's one who would have been probably number one who we uh, it was just not on the list anymore because the, you know, the real life actor portraying that character is just worthless. And so you can't put them on there because they're so in, intertwined with the character. Like, I think if the guy who played Wilson, you know, it turned out, you know, he lit he lit fires for fun. It wouldn't make as big it wouldn't be as big of a problem because we don't associate I don't know what the hell the guy's name is. I couldn't tell you if I tried, but Mr. Rogers depends so much on Fred Rogers as being you know a man in good standing in society and he is and was It's pretty amazing.
1: yeah. I'd like to think if someday I'm considered a good neighbor, at least some portion of my training will be due to my time watching mr rogers like he just taught me interesting things and he just taught me how to be kind of a good person and not a real uh, shit bag so yeah i think that you know those lessons stay with you they do indeed that was my list from 10 to one of the best neighbors i could think of is there anyone i missed here
0: you know this is a weird one because i don't think so i i i don't know this feels like it's a big list and i feel like there's probably some people we're missing here but i don't know i guess you could go with the jeffersons right like the jeffersons are one of the most famous neighbor mm. you know families i guess from all in the family in yep. fact i think the jeffersons probably should be on this list yeah they um, probably deserve a spot Because they had their own show, which was not equally as successful, but close to as successful as All in the Family. So I would say the Jefferson should be on the list. Wait, is Malcolm's buddy his neighbor and Malcolm in the middle? Stevie? Yeah. Ooh, I don't know. I think he's just another (sighs) Krellboyne. Malcolm. Won't you be my neighbor? (laughs) Um...
1: Why don't they Honestly? reboot that show?
0: Just TV, the Just TV show. Oh no! Like, what's Frankie Muniz up to? He can't right, be that he's busy. Not he's not doing anything. The problem is they wouldn't be able to get um, Brian Cranston. Yeah, you're probably right. Right? Maybe
1: they can. Maybe they can redo uh, Big Fat Liar. I don't, like, I know Amanda Bynes and uh, Paul Giamatti are not that busy.
0: Yeah, that's true. And also, Paul Giamatti's like people's perception of him has changed so much since Billions. So I think I think it would be fun to have him back in that, but getting dominated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Paint me blue. All right. We're sufficiently <laughs> uh, on honest, track. Uh, honestly, I think the Jeffersons is my only actual addition. I think you did a great job on this list. I feel like people are going to be able to help us with this one yes. because I think, but and but I, I but I'm not too bothered by that because this is sort of a pick your own, you know, this is sort of a choose your own adventure from sitcom world, especially. Yeah, um, that's true. So people have stuff I look forward to hearing what they say, but I think you've covered your bases. I want to throw the Jeffersons in pretty high, but I think I think Mr. Feeney comes up a little bit higher on the list, and I think I think Wilson does too. And I think the Jeffersons should place high on the list, but I think you've got the top 3 for sure. All right, so let's bang this out.
1: So Mr. Rogers, Kramer, Flanders, Jeffersons. Yeah, and
0: I'd go Jeffersons 4
1: i think patrick and squidward stay probably yeah i like
0: them at five i agree then i think i go feeney yeah then i think i go then i think i go wilson okay then Gibbler. i can get on board
1: with that i think part of what is important about this is that i really do is that you see what mr feeney's house looks like and you see wilson's fence all the time and kimmy Gibbler almost always is just already at the tanner's house mm-hmm. and for some reason that really helps cement my idea of feeney and wilson as neighbors
0: yeah i that's that's reasonable because theoretically you could replace kimmy with a school kid like who's just mm-hmm. over a lot because your yeah. parents don't love her
1: so we need to figure out which of Cleveland Joe Quagmire
0: Beans or Miss Fig we're we're removing from this list. I think we probably take um, Beans off of this list. It pains me to say that out loud. Wow. wow. Beans, Stunning. Is, but the the problem is Beans is a terrible neighbor. That's two point. All, like it's if you look within the logic of the show everybody hates him as a neighbor except lewis and yes. if you look outside of the show i'm basically the only person who holds a candle for beans there's not like too. a big beans parade going through the streets of chicago <laughs> well there might be but it's not for this beans yeah true
1: uh and miss fig is like as weird as she is she really was a very very good neighbor she saved like, Harry like she from,
0: went well above and beyond the call of duty
1: she saved harry from dementoids Yeah, you got to
0: look out for those Dementoids.
1: Yeah, and they run around. All right, well then, I think what we've done is constructed a top ten list of our favorite neighbors of all time.
0: I got to tell you, I thoroughly enjoyed this list. I think this is going to be a good list to debate with our friends.
1: Oh, yeah, we're going to hear about it. But I want to say thanks to Tatum for telling me that story about her neighbor and inspiring this list.
0: Yeah, thank you, Tater. Yeah. And congratulations in a month.
1: Yes, indeed. (laughs) Um, I'll tell you what. I'll recap these from ten to one, and then we'll save you uh, some credits, and then we'll get out of here. How's that? That sounds.
0: That sounds like a deal, my friend. All right. So
1: at number ten we had Arabella Fig, of uh, Privet Drive. Arabella's got a seventies head. She's a modern lover, though. <laughs> yes, she is. It's number an exploration. nine. <laughs> Number nine, Cleveland, Joe, and Quagmire, Peter's trio Mm -hmm. of buddy neighbors. Mm -hmm. Number eight, the ever-present Kimmy Gibbler.
0: That's a great descriptor.
1: Yeah. Number seven, Wilson, or just his nose and up. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm-hmm. He's from Home Improvement. Number six, Mm -hmm. Beanie from Boy Meets World. Number five, Patrick and Squidward, tennis balls of SpongeBob fame. Number four, The Jeffersons from All in the Family. Number three, Ned Flanders from The Simpsons. Number two, Cosmo Kramer of Seinfeld fame. And number one, everybody's neighbor, Mr. Rogers. That is that, my friend. That's a beauty. Uh, As we wrap up, I would like to remind everyone that the stankiness you heard earlier is the brainchild of the very famous Kevin McLeod. He did our Not Top Three and our theme music. And if you've been enjoying uh, our visages depicted on our uh, our artwork there, don't forget Erin Sant put that together. And you can see more of her stuff on Instagram at Sant Design.
0: And if you've been enjoying our social media, which has ramped up recently, mm-hmm. we, got, uh, we got some excellent, excellent drawings from our resident engineer, Kyle, that was posted up there. That was done by the lovely Caroline Labranti. Thank you, Caroline. Yeah, thanks. And if if you want to check us out on the old social medias, you can check us out at Top10KM. That's 10 spelled out T-E-N on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can send us an email, top10km at gmail.com. Tell us what we did right, more likely what we did wrong, or tell us something you want to talk about. Say, hey, guys, I want to come on, teach you something about something. We would love that. Yeah. That's what we're looking for, my friends, and we know you're listening on some podcast app, but if you want to try another one, Apple Podcast app, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, pretty much wherever podcasts can be found. That's what I got to say, my friend. Thanks for saying all that, Mike. I appreciate that. You're welcome. It's all up in my old noodle. You're even very good at reciting it. Mm-hmm. But it's all in you know—it's a little bit of a different order. It sounds natural. Yeah, it doesn't sound canned. No. You're killing it, quite
1: frankly. Thanks. I do what I can. All right, well I'll tell you what, if you're so keen, let's do this again next week. Sounds good to me, dog. All right, later, homie.
0: Peace.